Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick Nuziata, and you are a part of the latest live Chud show. I believe we've got Justin Waddell on the phone already. Hey, Justin, what's up? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, sir. Uh, you ready to t- you ready to have the call of a lifetime with Mr. Edgar Wright? Who? Oh, I believe Edgar's actually on the line. Let's see if I can bring that gentleman right on in. Let's start start with strength. Edgar, is that you? Hello. Is Edgar Wright on the air? It's just me. Who else is out there? I'm here, but I'm not Edgar Wright, I think. Who, oh, who is this? You know me, Stati. Oh, cool, man. All right, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you on hold so I can bring you into the, into the thing. I just wanted to make sure uh, I didn't uh, cut a gentleman off. I'm going to put you on hold, okay, until we get this gentleman. You have a question for Edgar, I assume. Uh, I'd love to speak with him, yeah. Okay, well, I'll put, just hang, out, hang on, okay? I'll be there. All right, man. I got all excited. I saw a bizarre, weird, weird area code zero zero zero. I think he's calling from Midian, Justin, <laughs> or Skype. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Justin, before Edgar comes on the phone, yep. uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is opening this Friday in theaters against uh, some pretty stiff competition. Uh, you got the uh, the Expendables and and uh, that, that Julia Roberts flick, Suck Fuck Dick. I think it's called right. Something like that, cockball ass. Um, you loved the movie, didn't you? Um, Scott Pilgrim, I, I definitely did. I really did like it quite a bit. I, I, I heard you. I heard you whimpering in the back, like with joy. I thought we we needed to change your parachute pants. Okay, we have another caller who I can't identify. I'm going to check and see if this is the gentleman. Okay, is this Mr. Wright? Hello, caller. Hello. Yes, is this, uh, who's this? Uh, this is Chris Olson. Okay, okay, Chris, I'm going to put you on hold, okay? That's okay. one of the, one of the, one of the great things about Blog Talk Radio is it doesn't, it does no help in, in helping <laughs> identify who the hell we're on the phone with. Just, just quick, bizarre quick, quick, um, quick fact, real quick, I went to high school with a woman named Chris Olson. I two. went to high school with a guy named Chris Olson, too, from England. Really? Yep. And then, two. do you remember the movie, uh, Mr. Wright? With Alan uh, DeGeneres. Yes. You do. Yes. Maybe we could speak to that since, since Edgar Wright's not on. Maybe this kid actually we could bait and switch everybody and talk about Mr. Wright. Now that's uh, the 19th. movie. That's the movie where Ellen DeGeneres is looking for Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh please! Oh please! You wish. Was it, so, was it Mr. Right or Mr. Wrong? I can't remember. I think it was Mr. Wrong, actually. Okay. So Mr. Right. What was Mr. Right? The, the, uh, Mr. Mr. Right would be about my constant conquest to get in a room with Chris Noth. Is it Noth or Noth? I hope it's Noth. I think Noth sounds huh? so much more hot. Yeah. Do you disagree? I like it, too. No, I like it. Noth. It's like... It's like uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm on IMDb. We're both wrong. It's uh, Ellen DeGener- DeGeneres was in the movie Mr. Devoff. Um, what was the one with uh, our favorite, uh, I can't remember his name, um, the, in the line of fire assassin? Oh, I can't remember his name. Dylan McDermott? <laughs> that has to be the best death scene. That is so great. God, he's such a bad actor. What? I can't stand him. You like you him? Like Mr. You know, I, I like Mr. Dylan McDermott. I'm oh, a big fan of Home for the Home for the Holidays. He has this whole speech about how he wants to get out of the violence. You know, in the he last He does. He, he, he does. And then the next scene, they cut to him getting shot. He, which is on a roof delivered. Yeah, he said, "I got him. I got him, Clint. I got him. I don't got him. I got yeah. a bullet in me." Yeah, well, Dylan, Dylan, okay, Dylan's a dead, dead gentleman. He didn't make it. How do I get off of this now? Clint, Clint convinced him to stay. He was in tears, and he, Clint, 
he convinced him not to retire. And then the next morning, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Since since uh, Mr. Murphy has yet to call in and Mr. Wright is, is still somewhere in the ether, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in one of our gentlemen that's on the phone to chat with us for a little bit. As much as I enjoy talking about Dylan McDermott with you, actually, I can't I can't not enjoy that. But he he's kind of dead in that movie, and it made me very sad. He was the catalyst, though. He was the catalyst for Clint really getting his shit together and going to take the fight to John Malkovich. Am I wrong? His bullet-riddled body was the catalyst. Wait, it, doesn't he fall off the building? No, he gets shot, and he hangs over the edge of the roof. And then? And, he, and his last words were, I'm the worst, and Nick <laughs> likes me. And Yeah, Malkovich was I was talking about. What was the Malkovich movie that it was In like line Mr. Of fire. Wright? No, <laughs> he, was like a, he was like a robot. Remember that? A movie, oh, yeah, Making Mr. Right. Yeah. That movie was a nightmare, and it was on HBO every day. I know, it was on all the time. And he had this horrible hair, horrible hair. He had horrible Malkovich hair in that movie. He had horrible robot hair, too, because he, didn't he play a robot as well? Yeah, well, I don't think it was robot hair. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the, uh, I'm gonna talk, I want to talk to the, the, our first caller um, and, and see how he's doing, make sure he's doing okay on his Skype. Hello? Am I, am I on? Yeah, who is this again? Tati. Oh yeah, you're you're one of you're one of the greats. And one of the oldest or the the most foreign ones. Oh uh, yeah, you're I'm a calling from Argentina, man. You're a seriously foreign. Yeah. You are I'm so foreign, foreign it hurts. Yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Uh Argentina is a from what I've what I've been told is a fantastic place, loaded with culture. And it is. Uh, uh, a, a hotbed for terrific wines these days. Very good wines, and uh, and you. That's pretty much you, you guys are the number. You're the number two export of Argentina. Yes, I'm. I'm featured on the Argentina.gov website as number three there. First I wines, you, I then the food, and then it's me. You, you know what? Though you have you have a very romantic voice, and I tell you what it reminds me of, and I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. You sound like a perfect blend of Javier Bardem and Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> that would be amazing, man. Come on. Who, who, who would be offended to have a voice that, you know, can you, resembles can you, can you say my mom? Can you say my mama took one for me? My mama took one. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I, I might John have to. Claude, so he'd be Jean-Claude Bardem. <laughs> That's who he'd be. Where, where would you put the hyphen? i tell you where he puts the hymen with that voice. Out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Mine would be like... Santi Hyphon Ago Mateo. That would be my my junk love and name. So um, so so if you were to take your name and and Englishize it, would it be? What would it be? Would it be? Well, my Mateo name is, is Matt, my name is right? Matthew. Matthew's last name. So yeah, it's Matthews. And Santiago is actually James, I think. So it's James, James Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. Damn, it's so close to James Marsden. <laughs> God damn, that would have been a huge opportunity. Wouldn't it be great if, yeah, we, yeah. if Edgar never calls in and all we do is talk about um, Dylan McDermott and Jean-Claude Van Damme? What we could yeah. do is have... Since, it, it, would basically be, it would basically be a typical podcast then. <laughs> so, but Taddy's yeah. got, like, got an accent. It's not the right accent, but we could start interviewing him like he's Edgar Wright. You know? we, we would never do an interview with somebody who wasn't really the person that we were interviewing. Oh no! Exactly. Right. <laughs> that goes against Never. all of the professionalism that we are built upon. What I love now, this, because right now there are probably hundreds or thousands of listeners who tune in to listen to Edgar Wright, and they are listening to me. So that's fantastic. Okay. You're probably right when you corrected yourself. You should yeah. reverse it. And and take a few more <laughs> digits off. Take a few digits off that statement. There he's are the, listeners. He's like, he's like, there's probably hundreds. Uh, I mean, thousands. And he should have started. Maybe he should have started with ten. There are ten. Ten, eleven. Yeah. Then again, there's actually we have a lot of guests in our chat room, and they're all shutting the hell up. There's not. I see. I see. You know, there's like 15 people in the room, and they're silent. And maybe they're just completely enraptured with the the discussion, which is is expected. But it's still. I mean, I I expect more more radio chatter when we have. uh, First of all, when we have Santiago on, but also if Edgar Wright calls in. If. You want to talk about a guy, and, and when, when are you getting the movie? Because wasn't it you that mentioned on the message boards that you don't get it for a while, so you don't want any spoilers? Am I right? 
Yes, but actually we didn't know we were going to get it at all. So I got surprised. I did some research and it was announced a couple of days ago that we're getting it October 21st. If. That's a big if. Movies here tend to do, tend to be switched around a lot depending on box office in the U.S. So if this thing does well, like I hope it does, we're going to get it October 21st. If it doesn't, I'm going to have to wait for Blu-ray. Okay. So how many, how many times have you seen MacGruber? That has to open here. MacGruber is a fun movie, though. MacGruber hasn't come out here yet, I don't think. No, I love that movie. Actually, I thought the movie was great. I hope that the box office numbers are to where we can definitely make sure that we get it in Argentina. I mean that movie's it's too good. I you know, I don't know I don't know how big the uh the, the graphic novels are there. I don't know um if, if it has in existence. Okay. Um but the movie yeah, I mean I because to... of the way the movie is, it's such um it's such a specific style and such a specific kind of the way the humor is, the way that the, the, the storytelling is, I I hope it translates, you know, well. I just don't know how it you know I mean it's a it's a well, tough sell here in some respects. It depends a lot also in, in what the people are used to. For example, I was raised and I'm still um, in some way by the American culture because I watch a shit ton of movies and TV shows and I read every day in the U.S. and series and whatever. So I get right. most of the references and I'm more like I'm Americanized in that respect. I don't know if the general audiences will eat it up. I don't think so. I've never seen the trailer play in the theater at all, but when I first saw the trailer online, I hadn't read the, Scott, the, the, the graphic novel yet, and it blew me away regardless. It just the, the combination of imagery and motion and jokes and the style just blew me away, and I became obsessed with it. So then I tracked down the graphic novel, and actually, I, just yesterday, I was with a friend at home, and we, we must have played the trailer like four times. Just because the music was great and the jokes and the style, it just has that vibe that it's going to be fun. And you know, I'm looking forward to the movie. Yeah, it, it is fun, and it, it's a blast to watch. I mean, visually, it's, it's incredible looking. So, <laughs> and they put a lot of work into visuals in that movie. So, I think you'll be pretty happy when it doesn't come. Yeah, hopefully, it'll come. Hopefully, it'll come there. I'm sure. I'm sure that if it does come, it's going to be me and three other guys in the theater. But fuck them, you know. Um, you know what I'm thinking? What what time zone are you in, Tati? It's like one hour. It's 3 p.m. right now. 3:13. What, what what time zone are you in? It's GM. What's GMT? GMT minus three. Okay. I think I might. I think he might be in. Edgar might be in Central Time. Calling. I wonder if that's an hour from now. That would suck. Uh oh. Uh oh. Quit. What time what is it? Do? Street, what time is it in Central Time right now? Central is one to fourteen, right? One fifteen. Yeah, it should, should be one hour less than you are. Okay, then then we're right. We're right. So is Edgar actually. <laughs> um, um, right, well, he's just having a good conversation. He's just talking to. Well, I would no. I mean, the guy. I tell you, I'm. Uh, I really. I felt bad uh, actually because we had been talking about doing a podcast together for like you know about two three months now, and you know then Comic Con came up and then you know I did, I kind of wanted to have a talk before I saw the movie because I was you know I was kind of a skeptic about it. And uh, you know, having seen it then, and then, and then when I saw what his schedule was like doing the press for it, I was like, "Damn, I don't want to add to that nightmare." Um, yeah. So he's probably—I mean, he is—I know he's super swamped, but he'll be—he'll probably be calling in a little bit. Um, but uh, so I, I could only imagine that he's—you know—probably in between a radio station and a print interview and all that, trying to get get here. Let's bring Chris that's on hold too, and see what he has to offer. I'm going to keep you on, Tidies, until uh, until uh, until things change, if you don't mind. So let's see what we got here. Sure. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, guys. So tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know well, you've you right called now, in before, haven't you? I think you've called in before. Yeah, I, I called yeah. in once to the to the Chud show and left a message for you guys. Um, that's right. But yeah, right now I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm living in uh, Denmark for a little while, and and uh, like Toddy, I'm kind of stuck not being able to see the movie until October. So that's cool that you just decided to go to Denmark. Well, I I had I had reasons. I had a uh, I had a, a lady friend here that I wanted to 
be with, and, and she works over here. She's actually from the same state that I come from, and she was living over here, and and we met, and she got me a job over here, and I'm, I'm living uh, with her until December, and then it's back home, and Sounds no clue serious. what I'm going to do after that. Sounds like the Sounds plot of a Stephen Jeffries movie. <laughs> it, it is kind of one of those, uh, you know, like a meet-cute rom-com kind of thing, so... Yeah, you followed her to Denmark for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's love. She, it was. She should. Yeah, she should have hit her tracks better. <laughs> she tried, believe me, but uh, but I'm 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 tenacious. So, so she oh, got well, your job over there. What kind of job does she get you? Uh, All right, we got. We, hey, I I got the caller lines are filled out out of nowhere. So let me. I gotta put. I gotta put Tati on hold for a second. So no problem. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna check this in. Person from, the five, person from the 512, who do I have here? I'm looking for Nick, please. Is this is this Edgar? I'm calling with Edgar. Are you ready to talk to Edgar? I really am. All right, fantastic. Hold on. I'll be on right now. Cool. Chris, let me put you on hold, okay? Okay. Hello? Hello. Hey, man. How you doing? What's up, chap? How you doing there? I'm good. Awesome. Where, where, what's, what's, uh, what, what lovely city are you in right now? <laughs> what level of what? What city are you in right now? Oh, I'm in Austin. Okay. Oh, God, there you go. That's the city to be in. I know. I ate a cake shake last night, and I think it almost killed me. <laughs> Is it as hot as it was in Atlanta? No. You know what? Houston was the hottest. Houston Houston is on another level, so it's actually sort of gone back down to kind of tolerable again. Awesome. Well, uh, we've got uh, Justin as the co-host. He's on right now, and uh, we've got a few guys that we have on in the queue that, that might have a question or whatever, but I, I wanted to uh, first uh, say one more day. Before the Atlanta, the Atlanta thing is there. The uh, United States side of your tours, how has it been going? How are you feeling about everything? It's been really cool. Like sort of the response from you know like everybody seems to be like great. Like sort of uh, you know I'm just excited for it to be out there. Like it's just you know because it's one of those films you just kind of have to you just have to see it to kind of like uh, to you know kind of like believe it and stuff. I just want it to get out into theaters and stuff because. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely kind of like I don't think there's another film this summer that's quite like it, or any other summer for that matter. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it might, that, it, that might be the case, certainly in Western cinema. Yeah, well, until until the Avatar sequel, at least. <laughs> but well, um, you know, if the Avatar sequel has a big kind of like sort of uh, you know kind of people explaining to coins and stuff, then maybe they'll be able to. We have got uh, we have on hold. We have a dude that's in um, in Argentina and another guy in Denmark who are all like waiting because I think they have to wait. To, one of them has to wait till October to see it, and another one will know if he's able to see it, dependent on how North America treats it. And it's it's so weird to have like a system to where um, you know Scott Pilgrim, you know, there I could just just want to pull him up into the state so he could see it. I've never heard somebody so rabid about it. It's like so crazy. When when is uh when's England getting it? Uh 2 weeks, yeah, cuz we go there on Saturday night. So we still, the, and, it, and it kind of it was supposed to be day and date, but then they delayed it so that we could go out and do press for it and stuff. So so uh, you know, it's it's tricky with those. I mean, it's funny people on Twitter kind of like message me as if I'm personally responsible and hate their country. They're saying, "Why do you hate Germany so much?" And thinking, do you think I have any control over the release dates? It's like, no, I'm so, I, I'd love it to come out the world over on Friday if it was up to me. Well, why do you, why do you hate Germany though? Come on, you you know it's been it's been it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Till Schweiger. Yeah, is Till Schweiger uh, on the line? No, I wish. Oh, if he's on the line, <laughs> then I would oh, have had to so cut. Good. Cut Justin off. Um, so um, yeah, the the overwhelming response to the movie. I I mean, everywhere I go, there's like just this incredible groundswell of goodwill towards it. You know, people that were excited about it, and then people who were completely oblivious to it. Um, I, it's just amazing. It's just amazing how this thing has kind of uh, been a, like a bridge between different tastes. You know, because the Atlanta crowd was a very diverse group, and they were just salivating at the end of it. They were just thrilled to have it. Um, oh, that's cool. You know, it's it's um, it's uh, I I I think I hope at least you know like um whatever however it kind of goes certainly in the first weekend and stuff like, although I'm not I I'm I'm sort of not not really kind of like buy into that kind of thing too much because I'm not really a believer that um I'm not kind of 
I don't really buy into kind of like sort of three day like sort of um, grocers as being you know everybody sort of treats it like kind of football scores and um, you know ha- having made something like Shaun of the Dead where like sort of the the response to the film doesn't really equate with any kind of like sort of numbers particularly uh, you know I don't really sort of buy into that kind of thing because I know that the, the there is no kind of like sort of um, the end of the story is not on Monday basically and no. I think with a film like this like it's you know, from the response that we've had from people, like, um, you know, what? it's funny. Here's, a, here's an example of, like, what I, I kind of like, sort of, the, the kind of response that I find extremely kind of pleasing is, like, say we did these test screenings with the film. And, uh, you know, when they do these test screenings, you have to go through this focus group thing where they kind of ask a lot of the, you know, NRG people ask a lot of questions. And they always ask questions about the, the length. It's all, it it come, basically just comes down to, for all of the different kind of, like, you know, um, questions it's always about. Is it is it too short, too long, you know, or not long enough? And I think on the last test screening we had, like, um, you know, two thought it was too long and four people put their hands up. Who thought it was just right and, like, 20 people put their hands up? Who thought it was uh, too fast and one person put his hand up? And uh, they said, why did you think it was too fast? And he goes, he goes, oh, I didn't think it was too fast. I just wanted it to go on forever. <laughs> and I just thought that was, like, the sweetest response that this one kid said. I just wanted the film to go on forever. So I, 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 I appreciate that. Because I, I feel like, you know, the film is about... Scott Pilgrim is essentially is a, a daydreamer. He's like somebody who's like living in his own little fantasy bubble. And, you know, I hope I kind of made a film where people would want to get lost in it, you know. I think Forever would have been hard to edit. <laughs> That's true. I don't think I, I think I would have... I don't think I could have drunk that much coffee to keep it going on forever. Yeah, it's just, it's just so weird that certain aspects of a film's fate are dependent on whether somebody's motor skills are good to get their arm up at the right time. It's just, it's just such a weird dynamic that, you know, those, 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 those like, like, there's an actual math to what a movie needs to be. Like, you can actually plug in, you know, those little bullet points or whatever, and all of a sudden the movie is ready for public consumption. I don't get it. You know what, though? What's weird about that is that I, I say that, and it is like a terrifying kind of like sort of ordeal in some respects. But like, you know, what well, the test screenings went our way. Like, so we did five of them, and like, sort of, and the scores went up each time. And especially for a film like this, which is pretty damn crazy, it was very gratifying that like we, you know, kind of uh, the, the audience was on board by the fifth test screening. And, you know, the cut that's in theatres is a cut that I'm extremely happy with. It's not that there's going to be a director's cut on DVD because there's nothing I miss or, like, um, you know. So so that's, you know, for something that's kind of, uh, that, you know, slightly kind of, like, can't be put in a precise box, it's really great. Yeah, and then, of course, the soundtrack came out this week, and people are loving that. Two soundtracks. And it's right, and the score. Yeah. Yeah. And there's extra stuff on the iTunes version, from what I understand. I know. There's like we probably could have filled a third CD, to be honest. There's like a lot of stuff. And uh, and then the video game, which is. <laughs> I still have not played the video game. That shows you how hard I've been working on this film. I haven't um, I haven't played the video game yet, which is a real bummer because it looks amazing. Um, I, I got a, I got an email question for you. Somebody who was at the Atlanta screening noticed that all the computers were vintage. In the movie, yeah, yeah, and he kind of wanted to know why, if that was a deliberate choice or or or, or if it just uh, so happened. Uh, well, it's kind of in the books like that, but we also felt like um, that like Scott Pilgrim was not, you know, like his kind of sort of slightly. Um, I I saw it as kind of like as a, as a way of showing his like immaturity in a way, is that he sort of he kind of maybe he's slightly slow on the uptake, so he's not kind of he doesn't even have a cell phone in the film. He still uses a payphone. He's the only character in the film who doesn't have a cell phone, um, and he's still got like a desktop PC as well. And he's still on AOL. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, that was that was the huge telltale sign there. Although yeah, he, I kind of I think that that shows how distracted our main character is, basically. <laughs> you want you want to take you want to take a question from a gentleman in Argentina? Are you cool with that? Absolutely, as long as it's uh, not about why isn't it coming out in Argentina? Because it's not not my not my uh, not my. Uh, Choice. Actually, from what I understand, he's just going to sing a stanza from Evita, so I think you're all right. Okay, cool. Tati, welcome aboard. Thank you very much, man. Hi. 
And Edgar, pretend it's Jean Claude Van Damme when he's talking because he sounds just like him. It's incredible. All right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Colin from Argentina, Edgar, just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of your work. Your films so far have been tremendous, and Thank I'm looking you. forward to you know this one when it when opens, if it opens. And <laughs> I wanted to ask you if you if you don't mind that I've been reading the reviews so far, and everyone seems to agree that Michael Sarah is perfect for Skull Period. But they are saying that now, when the first casting was announced, everyone had doubts, or no one could really see it, uh, you know, Michael playing Scott Pilgrim because of the energy that Pilgrim usually has, that Scott has, and Sarah has been known to play parts that's more, you know, inwards and in introverted. So I wanted to ask you, what led you to believe, or what did you see in Michael or any role that made you think that he could actually pull this off? And apparently you, you pulled it off, so congratulations, but I'll wait until I see the film to check it out for myself. Well, I think it's a testament to him. I mean, he's a great comic actor, and, like, you know, I've I got to say, like, sort of, and I'll probably say it now, I've kind of been sort of, like, biting my lip during the whole press tour, but, like, I find the sort of response to him on the Internet sometimes just, like, sort of just, I, I just roll my eyes, because to me, like, he's one of the great kind of young comic actors out there, and, like, I was really, like, sort of excited to work with him. And it seems like this strange hive mind response where people kind of say, oh, Scott, uh, Michael Sarah playing another like young, lovable loser, what a stretch. And even somebody who interviewed us who had seen the finished film said, so you, you seem typecast in these roles. And I wanted to say, did you see the bit where he sliced a man in half with a flaming sword <laughs> or headbutted a man to death? Did he do that in Nick and Nora? I don't think so. Like, so and I, I think sort of like, you know what? Michael Cera is a great comic actor. And also, the kid is 22. Like, you know, I don't know if I was like as, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, assured and as accomplished as, as he is when I was 22. Like, yeah, it's... And, you know, the, 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 the thing about him as well, in terms of answering him about the, the, the role, is I really felt, when I read the books, I really felt that Michael Cera was perfect because... You know, Scott Pilgrim is not an action hero. He is kind of like sort of like a, a goofy, charming, like an underdog who is by turns kind of like cocky and completely insecure. Like, regardless, I think sometimes people who say that he's miscast in the role have only ever looked at the cover of Scott Pilgrim Volume 1 and <laughs> not actually read the book. Yeah. Right? Like, Scott Pilgrim frequently has kind of like massive meltdowns. Um, but it was mainly because uh, I think that, like, not only is he a great comic persona, like, um, but, you know, you have to make that character human, and that's very much there in the books. There is some kind of, like, manga-style internalizations that where he's, like, Scott Pilgrim gets very big, you know, which, which are difficult to pull off somebody on the other line. Don't know who that is. Um, I don't know how to switch. I don't know how to get rid of it either, so just, just bear with us. There'll be another <laughs> ring in a second. Anyway, um... It's, uh, yeah, so basically, um, uh, it's completely lost my train of thought. I was on a, I was in the middle of a rant there. See, I, I get, I get yeah, you were. so easily. But, um, I, the thing with Michael is I just felt like nobody else could pull off, like, the charm, the goofiness, the massive insecurity, and also somebody that it would be fun to watch him being a badass. You know, like, if we had cast somebody who you had seen in another action role, like, in any form, like, it wouldn't have been as much of a surprise as when he starts kind of kicking ass. So that was really important to me. I didn't want somebody that, like, was, like, super buff or, like, sort of, or ridiculously handsome. Not that Michael Sarah isn't doesn't have a fair share of female admirers, you know. Like, but, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I, I kind of really felt that that was kind of really key to me, is that Scott Pilgrim is essentially an everyday kind of, like, Canadian dude. One of the funniest things the other day is that this reporter said to when me and Michael were doing an interview and we kind of cut her off before she could even finish her sentence and just started riffing on it. She said, Michael, you always seem to get typecast as these young characters. And Michael just said, well, I guess I'm 22. I mean, I'm trying to be older and I hopefully in a couple of years <laughs> I will be older and I'd like to, as I get older, progress to playing older parts, but there's nothing I can do about that right now. And I thought, yeah, Fair enough. It was like you, you're the ki like Michael Cera was 20 when he started filming this film, like, and you know he's he's an amazing guy. It, also, the other thing I'd say about Michael Cera that is that not many people know is that like for the star of a film, like I've never met anybody who tries so hard to be normal, right down to driving himself to set every day, <laughs> refusing to have a driver, 
having no assistant, making his own lunch, and driving around in the kind of the most shittiest beat-up Toyota I've ever seen. <laughs> like, the, the dirtiest car. Like, so I know that, that Michael Cera does everything, and probably one of the reasons that he's not kind of like sort of, you know, kind of when he does press and stuff, he, he doesn't go out there like Tom Cruise and start jumping around. Like, he's he's kind of like sort of, he's just a he's just a kid. He's a normal kid, and I think that that actually relatability and charm is, is why kind of like he's so brilliant in the stuff that he's done and this film. Awesome. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. That was, and a, there was, that was, great. It was so long <laughs> there was a phone call in the middle of it. I think it was one of your other readers saying, for God's sakes, short answers, please. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And, and no, because that's one of the big... That's one of the big issues. It's like you know, um, you know, and, and you mentioned it uh, in the Atlanta in, in the Atlanta Q and A. It's like there's first of all there's there's a definition for typecasting, and they really need to know that before they kind of jump to a conclusion. But I think the cool thing about Michael is that I don't think we really um, know just how 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 he's going to evolve. If you look at the people he's had a chance to work with so early in his career and the stuff he's been able to be involved with, I mean it's. You know, and, and I think he said it. He, he follows. He follows. He follows the director. He follows creative types. You know, he's he's working with people he wants to work with. And how long does it take some stars to learn that? You know, it's it's no, really is way ahead. You know, and way, to be honest, you know, people kind of give you know sort of you know like I don't want to get into any sort of detail, but people kind of give like him kind of crap about something like year one. But like sort of somebody said to me, "Do you want to star in a Harold Ramis film?" You go, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love that because you, what you do is you, you hear like people, once their star has started to fade, they're like, I'm going to do some stage work or I'm going to only, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work with those directors that are going to work with me. You know, you know, aside from people, you know, like obviously Quentin Tarantino's re- resurrected some careers, but that, that is a, that is a kind of, a, 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 of wisdom that a lot of folks don't get till later on. So you got to love that about Michael. And, and honestly, I think Scott Pilgrim, even though there are elements of of, of what we you know that, that we know of Michael in the movie, he is definitely not Michael Sarah in that movie. He really kind of takes it to a, to, to some new places. It's, it's not even I, close. I, I think he's great. I, you know, he's great in the movie. I think he's really sort of does lots of different stuff. But on the flip side as well, I find that kind of accusation of like sort of doing the same thing. I find that kind of strange because as a kid. Man, if I didn't love Woody Allen playing Woody Allen from the years 1969 right through to kind of 1981, there's like a decade of like great Woody Allen comedies where he like just played himself, and I absolutely loved it. You know, like you know, you you want to see Bill Murray being Bill Murray. You kind of want to see Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a comic persona. Tina Fey is the same in everything she does, but and like nobody ever gives a crap for that because like it's it's what you want to see. It's she's very lovable doing it. So. I find that kind of accusation really strange because, you know, he's not kind of, yes, he's not like a Peter Sellers type, but he doesn't need to be. Like, some people are are great, like, everyman personas. I always, whenever I work with um, Simon Pegg, one of the things I think was brilliant about Simon working with him is that he's a great everyman, you know, and and that I think, you know, Simon is actually sort of cut from the same cloth as Michael Cera, somebody that you feel like you know him. I I know that guy. I, I am that guy, you know, and some people would watch... Michael or Simon and just kind of and just uh, relate to them you know in the same way that you do with you know kind of Jack Lemmon you know is that sort of Jack right. Lemmon is kind of playing you on screen even if he's a sad sack it's like sort of Jack Lemmon would sort of frequently be the kind of the the sort of the lovable loser but like there's nothing wrong with that no no and then and then you have Brandon Routh who everybody isn't and wish they could be <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Evans like the, the, yeah, really. the, the alpha male contingent. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna grab one guy and then uh, we'll let it we'll let it ride. Um, Chris Olsen was been on hold for a long time from Denmark. Do you have any questions for Mr. Wright? I do. Um, actually, though, Taddy stole my question, so now I have a uh, kind of a half-assed one here. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask um, when you were filming Scott Pilgrim. Um, I know that the ending was is is different than the one in the books, but there were I, I if I understand correctly there were some reshoots done. Yeah, um, you know what I I almost rather not talk about that now. I might talk about that when the DVD's out because it kind of to talk about it ends up spoiling the end of the books and the film. So I'd rather hmm. not talk about that right now because for people who haven't read Volume Six or or seen the film, it's kind of high spoiler alert. Yeah. Okay. 
it, it turns out Bruce Willis is a ghost. Yeah. Oh. At the end. You know, I, I had a feeling watching the trailers that was what was going to happen. <laughs> no. Basically, but, uh, like he runs after Ramona at the end of the film. He did they get in a box? Shoulder. She turns around, and Ramona is a dwarf who then. Bro. <laughs> It's a really shocking ending. And, and then he pulls back really wide, and they're on the tall man's planet from Phantasm, which is brilliant, <laughs> Edgar, by the way. I never had a chance to mention that. Thank you. Um, uh, I know that you're on a tight but schedule. Ask another. Listen, that was your half-assed question, so now you get uh, for, oh, for well, like, a, like a quarter-assed question. You know, all right, you, well, you, let you me bring one more dude in then because uh, – okay. Uh, okay, person from the 715, what you got for Edgar? Um, hey, uh, hey, Edgar, it's uh, Lucas. Oh, cool. What you got for Edgar, sir? Um, I just wanted to ask, this, uh, it wasn't, Scott Pilgrim, it has like a following, but it's not a very big comic. How did it sort of turn from like a kind of a cult following type of comic to kind of one of the big summer blockbusters? Um, I don't know, really. I mean, what's funny about it, what's ironic about it is that like, this isn't like a book that I found and took to Universal. This is a book that Universal found and brought to me. Um, so, um, I don't know. I mean, I, what, what's kind of been nice is actually over the six years since I was given the first volume and started working on the film, the film, the, the books have steadily kind of like sort of got a bigger and bigger kind of like following. And, you know, I think the, the final book, number six, uh, you know, got into kind of the top five kind of on Amazon, like sort of just underneath all the girl with the dragon tattoo books and stuff. So, I don't know. I guess like, um... I guess like the the you know what what attracted me to the project is probably the same reason that Universal greenlit the film is that it was something fresh and unique and it's um if you if you take the comic books out of the equation completely you know you've got a film that's a, like a an interesting mix of like teen comedy you know kung fu action and rock music and you know all all three films which kind of like people are like a well aware of and have seen in other films, but have maybe not seen it or stuck in the blender like this. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was the I, I think is exactly, you know, why they kind of like wanted to make the, the film with me is because we all responded to the material and thought it could be something really unique. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and I just wanted to say uh, I saw you in a Look Around You recently. It came out on DVD. I had no idea you were in it. It was uh, really funny. Thank you. That was one of my like best wooden performances. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, somebody somebody uh, sent me a, a, an IM about, and, and it's it's. I don't want to talk about the the, the context because I, I want people to see it for the first time in the movie. But there's a high five in the movie, and he wanted to know if that was <laughs> he wanted to know if that was scripted. Um, you know what? That was not. I don't think that was scripted. Actually, I think that came up on set. I, it was, okay. I think it was, it was, um, I think Someone. that was, it wasn't improv, like, it, it kind of came up as an idea, and then we went for it and stuff, and it's very funny. It's it funny is. seeing a high five in slow motion, it doesn't, you know, like, sort of, that's, that's the height of, like, um, of comedy right there. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that would be, that would be a great thing on your tombstone. It's funny to see a high five in slow motion. Yeah, it's good. Um, and and before I let you go, I, I, I want to mention one thing. I, I my mind has still been reeling since you mentioned that you liked the movie Domino. <laughs> <laughs> I think for a bunch of people, they say, "Well, that makes a lot of sense." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you ha- before I before I let you go, and we proceed to, to I just, talk if about you wanna, if you have your mind further blown, I just I just did an article for a website about my top ten movie musicals. Which, uh, I saw that. I, I was. I, I saw that, and I, I. I agree with a lot of it. I was surprised. I was surprised too, a little bit. But yeah, what, what, what was. What was. What was. Uh, what would people question about your. Uh, your choices there? Well, I don't think it's any. I, I guess like with musicals, like sort of, it's it's sort of frequently kind of musicals get derided by a lot of male film fans as like kind of because somehow even to say that you might like a musical is to kind of like is an affront to your masculinity. <laughs> so I kind of, I, I, you know, like, um, especially working on this film, like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, like, sort of music and films, and I guess over the last, you know, 20 years or more, maybe, like, sort of, like, uh, musicals, and even rock music films have kind of been ill-served a little bit, and most of the really great ones are, like, sort of, like, sort of petered out in the kind of the, the 70s. Um, 
so it was a, it was a nice thing to do an article about it and stuff. Uh, and, and you know, like when you look back at like um, you know, the works of like Gene Kelly and Busby Berkeley, like those people have just not been topped. You know, and Busby Berkeley, it, it's you know, like um, you know. Like I love like Michelle Gondry videos, and it always amazes me when people kind of like will wax lyrical about Michelle Gondry, but have never seen a Busby Berkeley film. I'm thinking <laughs> you have to go back and look at that right now because some of the stuff that was been done in the mid 30s is like eye popping by is is eye popping by today's standards and beyond. It's like people have not topped what he did back in the 30s. Yeah, it's well, I, incredible. It's like I was ignorant until the, until Lebowski. That was what made me. Lebowski woke me up to to Berkeley, and I had. That's what kind of was my catalyst to go discover some of. The oh stuff yeah, I mean those like things that. are sort of like they're kind of um you know like sort of, they're the you know depression era acid trips. They're amazing. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. Unfortunately, well, musicals are popular now, uh, you know, for a different reason. But uh, you know, some of the some of the some of the best some of the best stuff that's uh, that's come up. Uh, over the years, has always been there's. You see that influence there, and that's the way that it's kind of snuck in through the back door before Moulin Rouge, I guess, sort of blew the doors off of. Uh, well, I guess perception. also, you know, a lot of the Asian cinema kind of has its root in in musicals because Jackie Chan, John Woo, they all came out of the Peking Opera. You know, like John Woo's favorite film is West Side Story, which explains a lot. Like <laughs> J- Jackie Chan's kind of screen hero is Gene Kelly, and that explains a lot because you look at the two of them together, and they're both kind of obsessed with like, oh, how can I. You know, Gene Kelly will, like, how can I do a three-minute dance routine with one newspaper? And Jackie Chan will be, how can I do a three-minute fight with one stepladder? You know, like, the 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 link between action and music is, like, really strong. And I, right. in this film, I wanted to kind of really make that kind of clear. And when I was working with, like, Brad Allen and Peng Zhang on the stunts for this film, my sort of key to them was, like, it, it should look like almost like a musical. It, it, it's not, they're not like Jason Bourne-style fights. They're highly kind of stylized. And for the actors in it, it was actually like learning like a, a dance routine rather than like having a like a, a proper fist fight, you know. And so I, I I love the Patel fight being the first one. You kind of get to exercise some of those demons a little bit in terms of getting the musical aspect. I think I think that's a really good way to kind of get the audience primed for. You really have no idea what you're in store for. It there's, you know. Well, there's the, the a great girl. there's a great thing actually in the first Patel fight, which was kind of improvised by Anna Kendrick, but it like totally makes that scene is like. When Patel first starts singing, like it cuts to like Stacey Pilgrim going, "What?" <laughs> you know, like because that is the response most audiences have when people start singing in films. Because you know, like you know, when Men Sweeney Todd came out, they had those trailers with no singing in it whatsoever. Right. And then some people went to see the film, and you heard reports of people walking out as soon as they started singing. Like, and I feel that like that's so funny that people have that kind of like really like sort of like violent response to kind of like sort of musicals so i like and, but you you watch a film like kung fu hustle and like the the um influence of like mgm musicals is really strong it's really clear and i i, I really like the aspect that like a lot of asian cinema between like hong kong films and and bollywood um like or even if you look at something like um you know like hero like um you know the 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 it's it's musical. It's beautiful. It's so colourful, and like you don't really get that in many Western films. So it was great with this source material to kind of go completely kind of crazy with it. Well, we love the movie, man, and uh, we're real excited about it. And uh, I, uh, I I hope uh, this is uh, the beginning of a, of a much wider cult. Thank you very much. Yeah, have have a, have a great travel, um, uh, and uh, you know you know. Uh, Keep keep us in the loop. We can't wait to hear what you're doing next. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, if all goes according to plan, I'll, I'll get to make things that are equally as bananas. <laughs> all right, man. Well, well, thanks for your time, and uh, we're 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 in your corner. So, uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Thanks. Bye. 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 Mini Mur- we got Mr. Murphy on the line, as it turns out. Yeah, it's true. I just got me a milkshake. I was listening to a little bit of uh, my good friend EW. So it was a good day. E weekly. Yeah, E weekly. Yeah. That's it. Nick, um, can I ask your question? Nick. Yeah. Did I talk too much? I was I was surprised that you didn't come up with a few a few uh, insightful moments. I had some horrible questions I didn't ask, but I figured it'd probably be better just to let you uh, ask some great questions and uh, and ask and let the foreign folks 
Well, yeah, I think what it, I think what, what the, if you if you think if you think about it from a from a global perspective, I mean, Chud's outreach. We had a dude from Britain on the phone talking to a dude from Brazil, and then a dude calling in from Denmark, and then we had a guy from Cumming, Georgia. What? Excellent. My question actually, what, you want to hear my question? What it was going to be? I can answer it for you, probably. Okay, I mean, I, I, I'll ask it. It was um, Allison Tills in the movie, and she plays the drummer of the Sex Book, the Bombs. You know, like the, her name's Kim Pine in the movie. Yeah. And she's really, she's you know, her name's her actress's name's Allison Pill, and her character's very grim in the movie. Yeah. I was wondering if he's that meticulous that he did that on purpose. Pill grim. How do you think that would have went? Answer it like you're him. I don't know. How, how do I answer in the form of a phone being hung up? I don't, so I I don't, shut, I don't I, what I decided to do was shut up. I'm gonna, I, I, think have, let me, I think this is Tati back on the phone, but let me see. Hello? Yes, Who's it that? is, actually. Yeah, I, I'm Tati. sorry. You weren't, you weren't disconnected. I thought, I thought we were done with the call, and I had to clear the line because people couldn't get in. So I, I, kicked, you, no I kicked you off the map. But you're back now. If you, if you, yeah. Edgar's you, gone. You totally so. blew me off, man. I mean, yeah. I, I got to ask my question, and you blew me off. No, you got to ask your question, and he answered it. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't disconnect you until he had finished. I know, and I then, know. And, I'm and then, that. and then no, I you sent you packing to make room for Steve Murphy. Cause uh, you got to think about the hierarchy here. Steve, Steve, uh, he comes in here and throws his weight around if he if he's denied. That's a fact. That is a fact. Steve, you have a milkshake. I will never. Drinking? Yeah, speaking of weight, I don't want to got a milkshake. That's right. What kind of milkshake? I got a Jamocha shake. He got a Harvey milkshake. If only. From Harvey? They were they were out of the Harvey milkshake. They were out of those. Uh, you go they're, to, and they're not and those Harvey? aren't served cold, from what I understand. No, they're not. They're lukewarm. Yeah, I went to Arby's. That's right. Just over there to get a milkshake. It's the safest thing you can get there. There's nothing safe about Arby's. The milkshake's safe. The milkshake is makes it's a nightmare. Har- Arby, Arby's is a hellhole. It's not you good. You can quote not... me on that. Well, you know what that means? You... It means I'm going to be working with Arby's soon because every time I rip somebody, I end up working with them. You end up bonds an asshole. Do you work with Arby's? Why? Go ahead. Steve, did you get the roast beef shake? Yeah, do I get the roast beef with with the the melted cheese milkshake? Hey, uh, Santiago, please tell me that there's no Arby's in in, in your in your nation. There's no Arby's here. No. That is not not, not, not until October. Not until October, my friend. Everybody needs every, everybody needs that floating cowboy hat running around with them. <laughs> that's not real, Steve. That's a commercial. It, no, what the hell? They promised me my cowboy hat. My floating. The only cowboy commercial hat. that features an approximation of reality is the Burger King. Pilgrim, Pil Pilgrim. Was that intentional? No, Justin. Mr. Wright, was that intentional? You, can you imagine what can you imagine what would have happened if 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 uh, if you had asked that question? There's probably yeah, people, there's people that would have been denied, denied uh, you know, I, I, a, uh, a good question. for me. What if I would have asked him about um, what do you work with Ed Norton? <laughs> what would the film look like if Ed Norton had edited it? That's what I wondered. Well, um, uh, Santiago, the uh, the box office guys, a uh, box office guru, says the film's going to open at eighteen. Which Are I they? guess I saw the I saw eight, eighteen would be huge for the movie. I saw them like at ten or twelve. No, the, well, today on uh, I, I I honestly and and I've talked about this I think on chat before, but I, this Good weekend is it, I have no idea what the box office for these, for all three films is going to be like. I don't, you know, you hear, I've heard, like, so-called professionals say that The Expendables is, like, rating, like, super high and it's going to just destroy. And then I've heard people say that Eat, Pray, Love is going to be the big the big dog. And then I've heard people saying that uh, Pilgrim has a chance to be, a, like, a, like, a surprise. And then somebody said that um, it's going to be, everybody's going to be around the same, including the other guys, which is going to have a strong second weekend. And I just don't see... Any clear truth to any of that? It just seems like you know sometimes the numbers lie, or sometimes the numbers aren't nearly as as uh, reliable as as you know as as we expect. It really is kind of an X factor of a weekend to me. I hope I hope I hope Pilgrim, if it does eighteen, I can't imagine that's bad because the budget wasn't extremely high. 
Well, if it does uh, 18, it's going to be good because I think this movie is going to edge out the rest on the long term. I think Expendables is going to open big, but it's going to get destroyed the second weekend. I actually think Expendables... I think the the, the global take for Expendables might eclipse both of these films. Because it's it's that kind of movie. All those guys are huge overseas and and in the Earth's core. But but when it comes to longevity and actual quality, I mean, as far as the reviews, the reviews for Eat, Pray, Love have been very negative, and same goes for Expendables. Scott Pilgrim has very, very, very positive reviews. And... um, you know, I, 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 in my review, and I'm not spoiling anything, I, I, feel, I really feel like it's one of those movies that it's going to inspire kids that are like 15, 16, 17, 18 to fall in love with making movies and, and, and be the kind of thing that, that you know, grows uh, into something quite substantial over time. I still don't like the comics, but the movie is so good and it's so in, fresh and inventive, I can't imagine that's not going to connect with a lot of people, even well, if it I takes a while, like Fight Club. one of those films that seems, I mean, it sounds... Like, the web has been really excited about it, you know, uh, obviously. But it really does feel like when you watch it, that it's going to be one of those movies that a lot of people say is their favorite film. Because there's just so much in it. It's such a blast to watch. So it's like, and it's just so, it's going to be great on, on Blu-ray. It's just going to, it's just going to uh, be a fun film to watch over and over you're, again. You're, so. you're dating this podcast, Justin. What, are you talking about? I think it's, it's going to be big on Blu-ray. People are going to be listening to this podcast in the, in the distant future, and they're going to not know what the fuck a Blu-ray is. And you're just you're dating you're dating this thing. You know what? They're not gonna know what a Blu-ray is, but I'm telling you, they'll know what a Jamoka shake is, because there'll be Arby's everywhere. Spread the love of Arby's. That's a new song. You heard that new the new jingle they have? Spread, Spread the, the love, love of Arby's. No, yeah, I have not. Like that. What is it with you? Do you have do you do you have some <laughs> sort of secret deal? Like you have to sponsor Toblerone one week, you got to sponsor Arby's oh, the next Toblerone. week. Toblerone. Next week you're, you're gonna sponsor. Uh, Massengill. Please pronounce, please pronounce Toblerone correctly. This, hey, Steven Pilgrim, does Scott, does Scott hmm. Pilgrim have a tie-in to a fast food place? Yes. It's not Arby's. I want to tell you that much. Some vegan restaurant. That'd be kind of neat if it was like a, you know, had like a little tie-in somewhere. A little marketing tie-in. Like the Scott Pilgrim. The, you have like to listen, a, listen to this slogan that is... Uh, Plastered all over my drink. All right, <laughs> this is this is why Arby's is not in Brazil or anywhere else, or Argentina for that matter. That's true. It looks different. It tastes different. It is different. That's it. That's your slogan. That's the slogan. How do you not love it? That was the same slogan for Pablo Escobar. <laughs> it was. It says it looks different. It tastes different. Terrible. It looks different. It tastes different. It is different. And then the last part is, why did you buy McDonald's instead? <laughs> no, the, the, the slogan is, it looks different coming out of your mouth as you vomit it into the toilet. <laughs> I would still buy it, though. Because I, 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 it. I, I haven't thrown up since 1991, which is a, I'm very proud of. But in 1991, I threw up twice. One of them was from IHOP and one of them was from Arby's. Same day? So that, no. But... Actually, my birthday was the last time when T T two came out on my birthday in ninety one, and I puked the fuck, and I and I had to suck it up because I didn't want to miss the movie, but I had I out. problems. But uh, but Arby's is at its best. It's 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 a fucking holocaust. Yeah, but the milkshake's good. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Well, so and what, what, uh, I, I, we're, meanwhile, we're wasting the Skype minutes of of Santiago for. For the worst cause, is it? What's the big fast food joint that you guys have there? McDonald's. Is that? Uh, well, it's, it's global. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's coming here. Somewhere. McDonald's is everywhere. It's, yeah, I know, but it's, it's it's the only one that really works. McDonald's and Burger King, but ma- the ratio of McDonald's to Burger King's is like ten to one. Is there any homegrown? Is there any homegrown fast food joints? Fast food there, joints. Like? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few. A, they're, they're basically burger joints, they, but with. Do they know, have a barber king there? Because <laughs> there's oh, like a barber, a barber by me. There's a barber by me. It's his name. The Barber King. I don't know if you franchise globally. <laughs> oh, that is great. Do you have a Wimpy's? Do you that? <laughs> Wimpy's. Yeah, it was an English burger joint back in the uh, back in the 80s called Wimpy's. Not after, after the, the Popeye character. No, no, it wasn't, but it, they still called it Wimpy's. 
Do you have that at all, Santiago? Do you have that? No, no a store, but there actually are burgers that you buy at the supermarket that are wimpy. The, oh, the brand right. is wimpy. Oh. So you are you you, you weren't that far off. Well, you, you can kick its ass then. So that, the that's a, that is a horrible name. I would not. I what the, is the is the is the meat limp? Is it like little tiny beat up patties that are barely a, barely? Dude, ugh. there's another brand of meat of hamburgers. That's called Barfy. Barfy? <laughs> Barfy, yeah. <laughs> Self-defeating name, but, you know, as long as they're honest, you know, like, hey, that's an honest burger company. I'm going I'm to get some Barfy burgers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys want to meet me and go eat at the second coming? We have, we have another caller on Skype. Who's this? It's Chris Olsen again. Okay, we got four minutes left to this pod, so I guess let's just write it out like a bunch of assholes. Hold on, hold on. Hey, are you having Arby's right now, then? No, we don't have Arby's over here in Denmark. So they I only went... eat Danishes. What? Nick. <laughs> what? In uh, high school, I went to prom with Chris Olsen. I didn't just know Chris Olsen. We went to prom together. Was she your date? Or... I remember that. Was she your date? She's my date. Yeah, Wait, you know, the, the, first, the first British person I ever met was an exchange student at my... Seventh grade named Chris Olson. What are he's doing? Probably dead. Justin, is that a tie into your lethal weapon story? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I just hey, it's, uh, you know we still have a we still have a famous a very famous um, person on the phone here. Who would that be? Um, Steve Murphy contributed a song to the soundtrack at Grizzly Park. It's true. <laughs> Who's what does the it feel like? Person? I still haven't seen that. <laughs> That's why you're still talking to me. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> is that is that coming on? Is that coming on Blu-ray? I just used we, all my royalties from Grizzly Park and bought a Jamocha shake. Is it is it coming out on VHS yet? It's uh it's coming out on uh, on the Viewmaster in a couple of weeks, from what I understand. <laughs> Wait, do you have Nick? You 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 I know you have the DVD, but did you ever buy it in another fo- format? Like yeah, I have it on my I, I have it on my iPad actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also have it on your DVR, the house. Uh, that's Didn't true. I, 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 the first time it played on Chiller, I DVR'd it, and then, and then, and I got an email from Chiller saying, "You're the one. Thanks." Did you? Did the bear do commentary on the DVD? No. That would have been an original kind of marketing thing. It just says, you know, commentary attracts the director and the bear. <laughs> Honey, that's great. I can't believe there's no Arby's in Denmark. What the hell is wrong with you? I think you, you, you missed an opportunity there with the bear movie, because uh, in the, right now there seems to be like this bear craze going on with the with the Joey Bear poster and the Furry Vengeance poster, like the Rape Bear. You should have done a poster like that for Grizzly Park or re- release it now, and you'd make millions, man. Well, actually, you know what's funny is I had a I had a shirt that I had done up that says uh, a bear will shit you in the woods. And I had so the picture good. of the bear, and it was shot down by the filmmakers. So I thought that was great, because that and there was also there was one that said "you'll shit in the woods," and I thought that was great. And it had a, like a like a, a a vector image of a bear, and I thought it was delightful. And they're like, "Are you fucking crazy?" And so I made one, and I wore it around on set. But yeah, it was, it was the movie would have done at least Zizek's road numbers if if they had taken my advice. Yeah, that would have been a kind of a fun like. Wordwood. Maybe it was the word shit. Maybe you could have just doctored it up and put poop. I thought it would have been better Ex- if we just called it Fuck Fuck, the movie. Excrement. But uh, uh-huh. it didn't work out. So I, I saw instead I slummed and I did a movie with Guillermo. Yeah. Congratulations. You guys see the trailer? No, did you guys see the amazing trailer? Yeah, I did see the trailer. Got, I yeah. was so upset about that. <laughs> Because it was the whole movie looks like the backstory to this character from a book that I've been working on for like five years now. Sucks to be Chris Olsen. It does right now. But no, actually the movie looks great. I think it looks that trailer was fantastic, and I really am excited to see that movie. I think it looks really good. Really I know Steve excellent. Murphy is 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 uh, already getting in line to get a shake for when it comes out. Hate it. Hate it. Don't need it. <laughs> With friends like these. All right. Well, we're, we got twenty. We got twenty-three seconds left, folks. I appreciate everybody for uh, for contributing and, and helping make uh, make the Edgar Wright 
conversation worth listening to. Certainly wasn't me. So, uh, you know, thanks for that. And uh, we're gonna, I think we're gonna do is we're gonna start doing video podcasts really soon. We've got the equipment, we've got the technology. So next time you see us, you may actually see us. I just want to say thanks for taking the call and thanks for Chud and thanks for everything you guys do. It's it's really great for people, you know, movie nerds like us. Thank you for well, it, it, it's totally Steve's pleasure. And, 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 yeah, I mean.